Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing. That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. <laughs> from the City of Angels in Los Angeles and from the Big Apple in New York, typically, because Adrian Gruberg, my co-host, is typically here from the East Coast, but today she can't make it, so it's just me and my guests. So welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com, and we're coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio podcast networks and 26 global platforms like iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, CastBox, and a, and a host of others. <laughs> and we are number one. We're proud to be number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two on podcast. Uh, I'm sorry, I should say that. And number two podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60. <laughs> And number two podcast on CaringVillage.com. Sometimes I confuse myself. And we have an exciting show planned for you today. Eliza Harkins has developed a new product that lets users organize and be reminded about all their belongings, making trips to the hospital or on holiday that much smoother. And you say on holiday because that's how they say it in England. <laughs> but before we get started, I want to take this moment to thank my last week's guest, Art Denick author of As Fate Would Have It, this true story about a man in his mid-30s who's in a race car crash. He's got a great story about his life. And so just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews, including this one on Caregiver Dave or any of the other 26 global networks that I mentioned earlier. All right, enough of that. Eliza, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And I always like to ask my guests, just who is it like is Eliza Harkins and why was she put on this earth? <laughs> oh, gosh, starting out with the easy question. <laughs> yeah, that's, we're starting with the easy ones. <laughs> um, so I suppose, uh, who am I? Um, I guess I'd like to think I'm a good daughter and sister and soon-to-be aunt uh, at the end of the year. If I'm, hopefully I'm allowed to say that and my brother won't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess melded on what I'm put on this earth to do. Um, I think I'm meant to create new things uh, that haven't existed before. So you're a daughter. <laughs> You're, you're, you're just oh a, boy, is this going to be just a... You are adorable, let me just say. <laughs> Thank you. Where exactly are you from? Exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm from London originally, but I've been in, uh, in America, mostly New York City for a very long time now, like yes, 15 and you're years the Queen's so. English, that's good. <laughs> and I'm going to be in London in September. I'm going to be speaking at the... Um, the, the Royal Academy of Medicine and oh, wow. at the London Stock Exchange. And I'm going to meet and take pictures with Nigel Farrar. Wow. I'm saying his name correctly. 
No, that's yeah, right. So anything with royal that. in it, anything that has royal <laughs> in the name is impressive. So oh, yeah. you can throw that around. I didn't realize that. Yes, <laughs> royal. <laughs> Maybe I'll meet the queen. Who knows? Who knows? It'll be fun. I believe. We've only been in London at the airport, and so uh, my wife and I are looking forward to it. Maybe oh, we'll hop been. on. Maybe we'll hop on to Paris, which we've been to before, and promise to come <laughs> back to. And maybe Although even fun fact. Fun yes. fact is that London actually has mm. almost 100 more museums than Paris. So. Oh um, my. Well, I, I can't there, speak when... to the food, but culturally speaking, uh, I wouldn't count London out. Uh, you don't live there anymore, right? Um, I don't. I don't. Okay. Well, then I won't expect you to show me the sights when I'm there. <laughs> so let's get right into this. How did you come up with Kipit? Maybe you should explain what Kipit is <laughs> and what yeah. it does and how you came up with the idea. Absolutely. So um, I I guess what, uh, what Kipit does is it's a device that you can put in your bag or suitcase. Um, and it uses RFID technology, um, which is the same thing you use if you have a, back when work badges were a thing and you would badge into your building. It. Uh, it's the same technology, um, but just sort of used in a way where instead of you scanning it manually, it kind of automatically detects um, what's to be in close, its region. Close enough to it, yeah. Yes, yes, it has to be sort of in the area which is properly calibrated to the area that you, of your bag. So it knows yeah. whether it's within it or not within it. Um, so that if you're leaving a location and you're supposed to have something, but it's not there, um, it would send you a notification to your phone. Um, which is a very complicated way of saying it. it will say, hey, you don't have your passport if you're about to leave for a trip. Um, so how does it work? You've got to tag all of the items that you want, first of all, which yes, I can yes. see value for kids on their way to school, Absolutely. or you on your way to work, or you taking a trip, or me going to London and making sure I've got, so I don't have to like tag all my underwear and stuff. I mean, how do you tag it? Maybe I do have to tag all my underwear. I don't know. I mean, it's up to you. I don't know how much you, you care about every single pair. Or maybe just one but... symbolic pair of underwear and, <laughs> and the rest will come along. <laughs> no, you just use little stickers. They're about the size of a nickel, I'd say, and they're completely flat. You just sort of slap it on. Um, oh. And so, are they inexpensive? Yeah, they... Like you got a lot of stickers. Uh, they're not reusable, right? Because they only have some so much stick. Mm. No, so the, the starter pack itself will kind of come with the device and then five or ten stickers, depending, and then you can buy extra ones. I think each sticker costs maybe a dollar. Okay. Um, so so if, it's very much So maybe a, you want to keep them on permanently on items that you're always going to need, et cetera. Yeah, just, absolutely. Yeah, um, well, that's a good idea. So Thanks. how did you come up with this idea and why did you come up with this idea? Why you of all yeah. people? Are you an inventor? Um, Are you an engineer? I am an engineer by by trade. I Wow, um, you don't look it. 
<laughs> Whatever they look <laughs> I'll like. Take that as a <laughs> yeah, that's a compliment. Um, but yes, I went to Princeton and got my engineering degree from there. Um, and I was uh, working at Bloomberg, um, sort of as a as a data scientist, engineer, what have you. Um, which is exactly in my life what I thought I was supposed to do. I thought I was supposed to go to the Ivy League school, get the Ivy League degree, get the fancy job, um, and then profit, I guess. Uh, and so I did all that. Uh, but the problem was I wasn't very happy. <laughs> um, you know, I, I it just clearly wasn't the life I was meant to be leading. Sure. Um, so, you know, I kind of had like a quarter life crisis of just like, yeah. I've just spent all these years working on something and I have it and I don't want it. So like, what now? Um, and then a couple of things actually happened at the same time. Um, I got accepted to do a Cornell MBA at pretty wow. much the same time. My father, who had had cancer, it went into remission, it came back. Um, so I thought this is, I, I don't want to say a perfect opportunity because obviously my father getting cancer is not ideal, but, yeah. um, I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to go, if, if I need to take care of my dad, I may as well take this chance to go back to school, get this degree, um, and kind of go on. And, and, you know, it was unclear how long this particular battle with cancer would be for him um so as i was coming to the end of my degree um i came up with this idea for kip it um i wish i had some like epiphany or like deep thought about how i came up with it but what actually happened well, was that maybe you're just forgetful and you're always forgetting your thing that, you know? that's pretty much exactly <laughs> I was like, I'm going to come up with some product that will change the world. But what actually happened was that I would show up every day for school and every morning, every night, actually, I would make myself a healthy, nice lunch salad and push it in my fridge and then wake up for school the next day and go to school and my healthy lunch would still be in the fridge. And so I'd have to eat some like oh, horrible yeah. thing for lunch every day. I hate when that happens. Uh, yes, it happens to me all the time. <laughs> so I can put it on my lunch. Yeah, I go to yeah, work. Like a lunchbox. Um, yeah. Or like I would go to the gym and then I didn't have my like special. My water bottle, food. yes. And then I was like, oh, I can't even do like have my gym session today. And so I was like, technology just does everything for us. Like, why doesn't it do? this very simple thing of just telling me. Um, and I know that there are products like Tile and now Apple AirTags this year, um, where like if you can't find your keys, you press a button and it beeps at you. Uh, but my problem with that was, um, first of all, that those tags are really big um, and chunky. And once they die, they die and you have to buy them again, which is annoying. I know. I've bought all of them, and they last a certain amount of time, and then they they do die. Uh, yeah, and so you can't get I was a hold like, of the people not... who manufactured them. Yeah, and I was like, that's not very helpful. And then the other thing for me, especially, is that I'm rushing because I'm running late, as I usually do, and I 
run out the door. I know that I'm supposed to have my keys. I've left them like specifically in like, you know, the little place on your table where you have the bowl and the keys are there. I just didn't take them. So it's like, well, it's all well and good to have the thing beep at me if I press it, but I'm locked out of my house now. (laughs) So uh, what good was that? So I wanted something that worked a little bit more automatically um, without you having to think about it so much. Um, and it was kind of one of those things where once, once I realized that I had this problem, I started to see it everywhere. Like when you learn a new word and then like everyone's saying this word for some reason, um, I, I was like hyper aware, like suddenly my brother was telling me about how he had to like delay his flight a day because he had left his passport at home. Suddenly (laughs) I was hearing about like... (laughs) Uh, you know, was this before or after uh, you invented it? This was before. This was before. Yes. So it's just Um, confirmation. Well, this was just when I was thinking about it. This is just when I was thinking to myself, Mm. there must be a way to to fix this. And then I heard more and more stories. And one of the stories that I heard was, um, or even witnessed myself, was from my cousin. Our son was diagnosed with a pretty rare form of bone cancer on his shin. Um, But they wanted to maintain, you know, his school and his life and everything, even though he was going into hospital all the time. Um, So they would they would bring him things to hospital a lot. Um, And I would see her with these printed out Excel spreadsheets of all the stuff that she had to bring, she either had to bring to him or like take from him and bring back home. Um, And like, you know, in the 21st century, when you think these things can be handled in tech, like with with technology or other better ways, she had a spreadsheet. Um, So it just sort of seemed insane to me. So the more I thought about it, the more I realized that there was a way um to to deal with it and surely technology should be around to take care of the silly trivial things that we can focus on big important things Uh, so that's really how this journey started Um, and i don't think it could have happened had my dad not gotten sick which is a a terrible thing to say Um, but who knows if i might not have just you know said let's just continue on my corporate life and stuff yeah there's always a silver lining on every cloud sure yeah yeah um, yeah and he did he uh he didn't um he didn't survive his battle with cancer oh, but so sorry. uh no, no i no, bet no, he's smiling at you though for your ingenuity <laughs> and your i bet he's very grateful that he played a part in your doing that how much did it cost you a lot of money to to do all of that from start to finish? It's on the market now, I'm assuming, right? Um, it's about to be, yes. Uh, COVID, to. it was supposed to be launched last year and then COVID happened and people aren't leaving their homes anymore. <laughs> so um, had to well, go. We on can't that. have that, can we? <laughs> no. Um, so it had to go on a brief hiatus. But um, actually, I guess the other piece of the story that I forgot to mention was that while I was at Cornell, they had a startup pitch competition. Um, we entered Kip It, 
Um, and we were the only female-led team of about 50 teams. Um, and we and we won it. We, wow, we sort of you won. beat everyone out. Uh, I, apparently, that panelist had a lot of forgetful people. <laughs> uh, but oh, congratulations! Uh, so we won. Um, it was a hundred thousand dollars in in prize money. So wow! Did that help with the funds of uh, building? Yeah, it? exactly. So that's um, <clears throat> so that was a real help. And then, sort of, friends and family have also invested at this point. Um, so yeah, so wow. now so now we've we've got it designed. We have it fully approved. We have our patent, and so uh, now we're you need to go to Shark Tank and get the uh, <laughs> the connections and the funding and and the uh, strategy for expanding. I know, I know. Um, it's so exciting because uh, you know you work on something for ages, and you're like, will it ever exist? And and now it it. It essentially does, which is very exciting. I would love to have you on your show because you would get right by the screeners because you're good looking and you have a wonderful <laughs> accent. And believe it or not, they care more about that than the stupid product, you know, that people. Yeah, there pursue. we go. <laughs> so, you're a full package. You You've got it all. Wait, wait a second. You can't reveal the secrets of Shark Tank. <laughs> Yeah, I've spoken um, to a few people who are on You're the telling show. me that a TV show cares more about looks uh, than about substance? I don't, <laughs> I, I can't believe it. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so you've mentioned all the problems that you think it solves and probably more that you haven't even imagined yet. Yeah, but, um, yeah. You mentioned there are other things on the market and yours seems like it is uh, a lot better uh, that they cannot overcome, you know, there's no battery to uh, die, yes. right? Yeah, um, so the device, you just recharge it with the USB plug like you do everything else. Um, and then you must the be a very good is, engineer. I, <laughs> uh, I've learned an awful lot about mechanical engineering, which is absolutely not my area of expertise. <laughs> um, I did hire a very talented man to, to designed the electronics for me, but even wow. just a couple weeks ago, there was something wrong with the prototype and I had to dismantle it myself. And <laughs> I was sitting there with the tiny screwdrivers and I, I felt uh, I felt very like capable. It's like, oh, I can like, deal <laughs> sure, with you. screwdrivers. And <clears throat> you know how it works and you know how to fix yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm used to like sitting in front of a computer with my little algorithms. Um, so I'm not so used to like a physical thing I need to construct. Uh, that's been a totally new ball game. I was definitely naive. I think with all big things in life, you sort of need to be a little bit naive going. Yeah, into you it. need to be. Otherwise, uh, nothing would be invented. Everyone has friends who would tell them that won't work. That'll cost too much money. No, you need to yeah, get a so, <laughs> so I definitely hopped in being like. <clears throat> I've made digital products before, like I've made apps and websites before. How much harder could like a product be? Uh, the answer is it's a lot harder. Um, but that must be true for you too, right? Like when your wife sure. was diagnosed, I'm sure you needed a certain level of naivete to just be like, well, maybe this yes, is I'm just. I was be on a need. I was on a need to know basis. I'm glad nobody told me what it would be like, because I would have either committed suicide or quit, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, nobody is, 
nobody understands what they're capable of doing when it's time to do it. But, um, you know, even afterwards, the good things that came about from the tragedy is that, you know, I'm a best-selling author now. I've appeared at, on 46 TV shows, and I've spoken all over the country, you know, at Harvard and West Point, and now coming up London all over. And I'm, I'm just, if you would have told me four years ago this was all going to happen, I'd say, yeah, right, I'm going to be an astronaut and go on the moon. It's just, <laughs> you know, we, we're not capable of, of imagining what things could be like uh, if we just say yeah. yes to an opportunity when we would normally say no i can't do that so now i i never say no to opportunities any time someone presents something that sounds impossible i say yeah let's try it because you just <laughs> never know yeah, yeah so did you know you were an entrepreneur uh, because that's what you are you know uh, <laughs> Do you know, um, at the, for a long time though, and then reflecting, I realized that I definitely had that independent, uh, not, not being told what to do streak in me. Like when I was uh, yep, yep. In, in fourth grade, I just like, I made my own newspaper. Like no one asked me to do that. I would just wander around the streets near my school like asking people for news and then would write it up and like print it out and hand it out to people at school and that had nothing to do with anything i just i decided there was no newspaper and that i was just going to do it <laughs> how old were you um, i was 10 years old oh my gosh <laughs> as you can imagine the news was not terribly and were you uh, supportive uh was your i'm sorry was your family supportive of your genius I encouraged I think they you, just, or did they just call you I think nuts? they just didn't. I think they were just pleased that I wasn't, you know, bothering them, <laughs> that I had something to occupy my or time. Or on drugs or something. Um, so, well, no, no, you're... I'm kidding. They were, of course, supportive of me. <laughs> um, you're a very but... unique individual, and you're probably a genius and don't realize it. Um, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm sure you've invented other things if your brain is, because uh, a newspaper, you invented your own newspaper, you know. Uh, I know the concept of newspapers was already out there. What other amazing things have you thought about doing? Uh, and I'm sure you've gotten this pat patented so nobody can steal it, right? I, I do have this patented, that's right. Don't come for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> you will uh, sue. <clears throat> No, right? Uh, um, I'm ready. Um, I actually, funnily enough, launched, so when COVID oh. occurred and I, and I realized I had to wait a little bit with Kip It, um, I, I had to think what I was going to do with that time. Um, and I actually launched an entirely different product, <laughs> a different website. Um, well, tell me about it. Yeah, it's um, it lets you create your living will online and then you share it with, you know, the people closest to you so that if you're ever rushed to hospital, um, you just ha you can just bring it up on your phone and says and you can say, oh, my father wants X, Y and Z thing because he's sure. he's said it and he's his signature and everything. Um, and so is that, that better know. than what's on on the market? Uh, you know, like Zip yeah, Legal Zoom um, has a version of la like that, but well, uh, yours the, sounds what like exists, it's better. Yeah, what exists right now is basically you print out a PDF, you fill it in online, 
and then uh, you fill it in, sorry, once it's printed out, and then you just keep it in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> um, that's what most people I know do. Um, and in fact, some people don't do it at all. I mean, my father was famous for never telling us anything. Uh, you know, so, so so when I took him to hospital once, he had an aneurysm, and the doctor was like, well, does he have a do not resuscitate? And I was like, I don't know. And he'd been sick for like well over a year at that point. And I, I couldn't believe that he didn't have it. And he had no, almost no requests for funeral arrangements. The only thing I knew uh, was that he didn't want to be cremated. And that's all I had to go on, which is kind of insane. Um, but, you know, people don't want to think about these things. Um, so the nice thing about it is you sort of just fill it in like an online form and it's saved. And then if you ever change your mind, you just go back in, log back in and, and make changes. Um, and then people can easily pull it up on whatever device they have and everyone's agreed on the exact same version. Um, so if it's great uh, for caregivers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I probably so should have made it? that connection a little sooner than right yeah. now. <laughs> what does it um, cost? It's free. It's free. I just made it because I wanted and to. And how can one, how can a caregiver get access to it? I think I want one yeah, of those too. Yeah, I've got the it's... paper here and there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's joinmori.com. So J-O-I-N-M-O-R-I.com. Yeah, really? It's, it's so they can go to joinmori.com and they can download an app. Didn't that cost you something to write the app or no? Um, I paid a little bit. I, <clears throat> I did a lot of the programming, you know, it was like pair programming. So you didn't have to pay so. anybody. You did it all yourself. I did I did the bulk, uh, the bulk mm. of it myself. You should yeah. at least charge um, 99 cents for the app, you know, make it affordable. <laughs> I and probably, I should do. Uh, should. I You're have I have a lot of ideas for what I could do with it, um, <laughs> but it was it was sort of a uh, a thing to occupy myself um, until. Just did that with your eyes closed, huh? All right, everybody, yeah. go to joinmori.com, <laughs> M-O-R-I, before she raises the price to ninety nine cents. <laughs> I know, I know. I sh I, I really should have done that. Oh. How long does it take to fill out? Like five minutes or so? <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, five or ten minutes. You know, depend. And then it, I can send it to all my kids. Room. Yeah, exactly. So they would all know. Exactly and what do they do when they get it? They just they can view the document. They can save it. Um, they can make suggestions. Um, yeah, I don't. To me, don't and then I can make the changes, yes. right? Yes. Yes. Um, well, I like that. But yeah, they they can't they can't edit anything that you do. You know, they can't say like, oh, he wants to leave all his money to me. <laughs> uh, like only you have access to actually change. Uh, no, this is this is really money. huge, uh, and I think you should um, make it more accessible and advertise it more because. Uh, I know I sh I should do so I many people. I mean, I know that the majority, maybe seventy percent, seventy five percent, maybe eighty percent of people do not have a will, do not have a living will, do not have a power mm -hmm. of, uh, of attorney, do not have all these things that they need to have. And they're a caregiver 
and their loved one is high risk. And so yeah. I don't have the time and this and that, but you've got an app here that can probably do it in five or 10 minutes, click a button and it just went to all of your kids and the people that need to know. This is huge. You need to do something with this when you get off this call, okay? <laughs> I know. Right. I think I just um, I think <clears throat> I just make things to make my own life easier or like the things I wish existed at certain times in my life. Um, you I, need I, an I assistant. That's what you need. <laughs> yes. Someone to tell you what's valuable. <laughs> <laughs> and and then you know just send a delegation team and all right do that okay i don't want to be bothered with it i'm bored with it i'm going on to the next one well listen i know you're going to speak at the royal academy of medicine yes. but uh any chance you can give up that career to, <laughs> to be my assistant <laughs> to tell me what's you what's good and what's not you know it's very possible but we can at least talk on the phone you tell me your idea and i'll tell you what to do with it <laughs> There we go. There we it's go. Only a phone call um, invested, you know. I walk in with one startup, I leave with another one. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. So why don't we? Uh, this is a good time to take a break. Yes, we do take breaks around here, and okay. so we will be right back. So don't go away. Anytime we suffer loss, we grieve, and a lot of people don't realize what even the grief process is. But it could be five to seven steps ranging from denial, I don't believe this is happening, anger, oh my gosh, I'm so upset this is happening, to a form of bargaining, how can I get out of this, to depression, which is a very serious thing because that often leads to suicide. And then finally, finally, after you realize you have no more control over your situation and you're totally okay with the new normal that it brings, that wonderful, wonderful place called acceptance. And we're back with our guest, Eliza Harkins. So do they call you Maury? Because I noticed joinmaury.com. Where's the Maury come from? Um, well, a memento mori is like a reminder of death. It's kind of used uh, a lot in in art, like symbols of death and things. Um, really? So it was a it was a lighthearted way to refer to <laughs> yeah. some pretty heavy stuff. <laughs> I'm a firm, I'm like a really firm believer, and I felt this way with Kippish as well. Like, because when I was researching <clears throat> Kyle, which is the competitor that I was talking about before. If you Google tile, you get like kitchen tiles for the first like five entries. Um, so I was determined that no company I would ever create would be a regular word. It, like it had to be some sort of, uh, if not like <clears throat> nonsense word, then like something so that when you Google it, it's likely to come up at the top. <laughs> See, most people wouldn't think that far ahead, but you are amazing. Um, so I'm sure you've probably thought of ways that this product would be helpful for caregivers since you are a caregiver yourself. So um, why don't you try to come up with some of the ideas and then some caregivers maybe who are slow would say, oh, yeah, that would be good for me. Yeah, so um, 
uh, as I kind of mentioned before, um, I had to go to hospital many times um, with various, but mostly my dad, but actually uh, with several people in my life. I had an uncle break a wrist and, you know, my brother. So I've, I've had to go to hospital many times um, to the ER specifically. And what I've learned is that like what you bring with you is so key because the first time I went, I was like, oh, I'm only going to be here for what, two hours, uh, you know, <laughs> 14 hours later. Um, I realized that that was not true. Um, so I had to get a lot more strategic about what I was going to have on hand with me anytime I went. Um, and if I didn't have one of those things, uh, things became really annoying. Um, so that's kind of, that was one thing that clicked with me right away. Um, another thing, um, and I think I mentioned this before, um, as well. But um, if you do decide to go on holiday or if at any point you go somewhere that's not your home, you don't necessarily have all your equipment, all the medication. Um, there's actually a lot of odds and ends depending on, you know, what your family member who you're caring for is suffering with. Um, but for me, my dad had the, you know, he had the tracheal tubes, and everything that goes with that, and everything had its own case. And if you if you didn't have the thing with the case, you had to panic find a doctor or hospital in the area that could provide, or a pharmacy that could provide you with that thing. Um, and you don't always have that kind of time, you know, not to be dramatic about it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of something that that also. Um, I spoke a lot with my father's hospice nurse um, about this product, actually, and she and and she was very excited about it. Yeah, um, huge. Because you know, for, for she's had to care for a lot of people, um, and um, she was saying that there's so much stuff and equipment that has to go with you everywhere. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you must relate to that as well. Sure, I do. Um, so what what would it cost and how many stickers would I probably need or the average caregiver need to do and determine, uh, you know, like 10 stickers, 15, 20? And what would the total cost be for the machine and the stickers? Just to give some yeah. caregivers an idea of what it, what's, um, you know, uh, weigh the benefit versus the cost on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um the, like I said, the initial kit, which is um, the device and then 10 stickers to start with, it will retail for about $150, you know. Oh, it's very time. inexpensive, yeah. Um, yeah, I does, really wanted, sure. yes, yes, I really wanted it to be <clears throat> um, accessible um, price point-wise. Um, because I think so many people, so many people need it. Um, yeah. But. Uh, and if they want ten more, it'll cost them ten bucks. Yeah, exactly. So, so we'll have additional packs of ten. And or if 20 the stickum wears out, I mean, I, you know me, I'm an auto mechanic. I wouldn't throw them away. I would, I would put shipping tape over them and just, you know, replace the shipping tape when the shipping tape wore. Would that? Yeah. Happen anyway? um, 
I haven't tested these out that long term, but the thing is, is that RFID technology, it's been around for decades, um, and it's used a lot in shipping and inventory management. Um, so these stickers are really designed to be slapped on the one time, but to stay, you know? Um, so I think the only concern would be if you were to keep taking the sticker off and on again, then you might lose some of that adhesive quality. Um, but typically it's just designed to, to, to go on and stay on. And you, so, and there, you don't need to recharge it or And they will like stay that. on. They're not going to fall off, right? There's a pretty good um, stick them. I mean, in the test so far, I haven't had any trouble. Um, and I've been yeah. sort of throwing throwing this stuff around because I know I'm pretty disrespectful with my items. Yeah, like a suitcase, <laughs> which gets a lot of damage. You know, they put it behind the, the curtain there, and then a gorilla jumps on it and throws yeah. it against the wall. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> commercial it's like that, isn't it? When you get it your is. suitcase back from the carousel and you're like, what's happened here? <laughs> they actually had a, a commercial where, you know, you, you see the su suitcase going through the little hole and on the other hole, the camera comes out and there is a, this huge ape and he's picking it up, he's jumping on it, he's throwing it against the wall, <laughs> another ape and they're playing catch with it. And by the by, the time I can see my suitcase again, that is exactly <laughs> what it looks like yeah. it's been through. My so, goodness. Um, so, I've, I you, haven't even been on. I was just saying that I haven't even been on a flight in like a year and a half, so I don't oh, even. COVID I'm gonna. Thing. Yeah, so I'm almost like ready. I'm like, yes, speed up my suitcase. Like, yes, oh, I want those delays. Flying. All the things yeah, been, I hated about flying. <laughs> now I've fortunately been flying during COVID as well. Uh, it wasn't that bad. And the flights were practically empty. You know, they had every other yeah, seat empty, in, and there was only 25% of people in there. And you know, uh, it was it was nice. It was not crowded. You know, New York is like deserted, <laughs> and Atlanta know, was was deserted. And uh, it's nice when all the people are not in the city. It I, is I, nice. It's uh, again silver linings from. Yeah, you know, a pretty horrible situation. Well, unfortunately, I don't think those people are coming back to the cities because the cities have been destroyed through rioting and and uh, the stores have been closed up and boarded because of you know loss of business. And so I don't, I don't, I'm not optimistic about our cities and people wanting to live in there and the empty, um, you know, uh, office buildings uh, that the companies realize. Hey, you know, we don't need to rent that expensive place, we can have our people work at home and this and that. And so, I don't yeah, know. maybe. Although, New York is pretty resilient. I don't want to count it out just yet. Yes, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> so what, what advice do you have for those who want to pursue their dreams while caregiving like you did? Right? We always talk about how they can you know, make money, start a garage business, start an internet business because they probably lost their job or their boss probably fired them because their mind's not on their work, it's on their care, care receiver. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think one of the most important things that I've learned throughout this, uh, yeah. this journey of starting my own company is how, just how important empathy is, um, really listening. You know, I spent, I spent a really long time, like months, 
just interviewing people and how they live their lives and what they're packing and how they need to pack and all the different situations that call for different things. Um, and I th and I think that empathy is heightened, obviously, once you become a caregiver. So, you know, use that um, to build. You can build a much more powerful brand if you understand. I kind of call it the emotional core, which sounds a bit woo-woo, but I think every product, every product, are, like no matter if it's, you know, a, a business, uh, like software as a service thing or what have you, it has an emotional core. It's usually people want to be more effective at their jobs so that they feel more successful or people want to, in my case, like feel less stressed with the little things going on in their day. Like there's always some like cool that any product, good product that you make is supposed to be addressing. Um, and we might, we might cloak it with statistics and saying like, this will make your business X percent more efficient. Well, why do you care if it's more efficient? You care if it's more efficient so that you feel more successful against your competitors so that, you know, uh, you feel like you're doing a good job and, and <laughs> you have a bright future and career. So um, there is, as much as you want to say that everything's rational, if people will be rational, um, people do want that emotional truth addressed. And I think you've tapped into that really well. You've understood that yeah. that people in caregiving positions have a, have a need to connect. Um, I wish I had known about your podcast. I wish then, I knew about because, it. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't have anyone in my situation that I knew. Um, you know, because I was I was 25, I was I was pretty young um, to be going through that kind of thing. Um, so I didn't have anyone. So so you know, you found you found this thing that that, that people wanted to to gather together and and hear advice from each other and lean on each other during these times. Um, so I guess I would say I would say to use that heightened sense of awareness that I think being a caregiver gives you, um, and and use it to to build something that is emotional, and then that's how it's going to become impactful. And everybody's passionate about something, you know, um, because people will say, "Well, you're talented. I can't do what you do." I said, "No, you can't." But what are you passionate about? Well, you know, I really like to. <laughs> to shoot or I really like to, you know, ride my bike or something, you know, and you're just creative. You can somehow come up with a, a great company. Uh, just have your passion be your job, you know, and you'd be surprised how it would work out because people can see passion. They can hear it. They can they can see it in your body and language, you know. Yeah, you kind of got to hit, <clears throat> hit, hit a groove. Um... I think I heard so much advice for me when, when I was caring for my dad and it was like, make sure you take time to exercise or make sure you take time to sleep or make sure you take time for yourself was like one of my favorite ones. And I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> what does that... um, and so I, I think sometimes we get a little wrapped up in like what, life should be like or what we think life should right. look like um and and so we kind of 
want to push away like what life is right now and how we and how we work with it and and maybe that involves you creating an etsy shop even though you thought you were gonna have a corporate job you know Um, but if it if it's working and if you're getting your way through your day then then just you know you kind of have to just go with it and see where it goes i care for my wife she had a stroke uh 25 years ago, lost her speech, became paralyzed on one side. She can still talk, and, and um, but she has to do it through charades and Pictionary because she can't put mm. the sentences together, and it's hard, and those aren't my favorite games. <laughs> and no. 80% of communication is nonverbal, so she's got the nonverbal part down really, really good. But there's a different dynamic. Um, I cared for my mother as well. Uh, when you care for a parent, why don't you tell us what you think that special dynamic is, and you know maybe what are some myths around caring for a parent? Um, I think one of the hardest things is that you, everyone has to make the transition eventually from seeing their parent as like, oh my goodness, the parent, to then just a regular person, and then for many people a person you have to take care of, you switch from being the one taking care of to the care. Role reversal, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't go smoothly <laughs> in a lot of cases. I, I suspect both, I have nothing for to For both parties, yeah. Yeah, and I suspect it's worse for fathers. <laughs> it's just my guess because um, there's so much pride wrapped up in that. There certainly was... Are you an only um, child? I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm so why the, were the you elected to be the caregiver when there were other siblings? Uh, well, uh, my other sibling lived in England. <laughs> I was the only one stateside. So um, I think that was probably the number one uh, factor going on there. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, I was, I was sort of able to quickly adjust my life to um to be able to accommodate it so i suppose i suppose that's how that happened young people can adapt very easily and quickly but as you get older it gets harder yeah yeah i guess um (laughs) but like i said before the the downside yeah is that so many people my age weren't going through anything like this um and as a result, I just didn't bring it up. Like, I don't, I think some of my friends didn't even know my dad was sick until he died. Um, and I, I do regret that. Um, well, actually, actually, that's a good thing because when people start telling their friends, you know, uh, it's one thing to tell your friends that you're a caregiver, but it's so hard to not complain to your friends about being a caregiver. Oh, you ought to hear what happened today. Oh, this, oh, that. Yeah. And and then they stop coming around. They stop calling because nobody wants to be around a Debbie Downer. (laughs) So I always recommend join a support group and vent to those people and just keep your friends on the same path that you were on. If you go to movies with them, keep going to the movies. If you go to lunch, keep going to lunch. If you're working out with them, keep working out. Just don't let anything change because that's – that's your normal support group, you know. 
Otherwise, oh, that's uh, interesting. so that you, makes you, me feel better. you were actually doing a good thing and you didn't even realize it. <laughs> I think just my, yeah, I think my logic at the time was just like I wanted something separate. Like I wanted right. to be someone separate from like caregiver me or whatever. So, um, if no one knew that about me, I could just you don't be. You want to contaminate your friends with the drudgery of caregiving. You know, caregiving can yeah. be a joy, but <laughs> you got to look for the joy like needle in a haystack <laughs> most yeah, of the yeah, time. Yeah. You know, because most of the time it's just not a pleasant task. You know, nobody wants to be a caregiver. They are a yeah. caregiver because they were forced into it, or they, you know, wasn't on their resume. So I always tell people through my book, you know, now's the time to learn how to be a caregiver when tragedy is not knocking at the door, you know, and that way <laughs> when it comes, it's not such a shock like it was for me. Yeah, yeah, that is good advice. I don't even think I would have taken it at the time, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, most people don't take it. <laughs> think, think about being 22 out of college and you were like, learn how to be a caregiver now. I'd be like, nah, <laughs> that's when my dad first got diagnosed, so. I think I think I would have been like, it'll ha like we'll that'll happen ages from yeah, now. Yeah, we'll cross that bridge <laughs> when we get to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, what are, um, what resources um, or who do you go to for advice when you're feeling low? Uh, I guess that's an English way of saying down and and <laughs> miserable. Oh, you're just feeling low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I think, like you said, you have to find those support groups. Uh, maybe that was the real mistake was that um, I didn't, but I did have a lot of, um, you know, friends. Once it was revealed what my dad was going through, a lot of my parents' friends reached out to me, actually, and they said that they had just suffered, suffered the loss of their parents. Um, so I, I did manage to find people. They ended up not being from my age group or walk of life or whatever. Um, but I think that is key. And then I think the other thing was key was I had some really good mentors that I found in my MBA program for Kip It for my business. And even though like I had this whole other thing going on, the fact that I had support in this this thing that was much more controlled, like obviously a business, you can't control everything in your business, but you control a, a whole lot. Um, so like having this other thing that had nothing to do with caregiving, but was in my control was very helpful. So then even if I felt low about the, <laughs> the big, all important losing a family member thing in my life, I had the mentors for like this other thing that was, you know, is that more so, important in the scheme of things? I don't know, but like certainly this other thing where I could make strides forward. Um, and I think that was very helpful. So even if a mentor isn't for specifically for caregiving, I just think having someone to talk to vent to about anything going, <laughs> any aspect sure. of your life, I think is helpful. Well, I can't believe how fast this time has gone together. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And if yeah, listeners are interested in finding out more about you, where can they go? Yes. Uh, so for, for Kip It, it's uh, 
K-I-P-I-T dot co. Um, I'll, I'll buy the dot com name eventually, but, but for right now. Was it available? Uh, it was for a sickening amount of money. Oh, that means it wasn't available. <laughs> Yeah, I can't I imagine why somebody would want Kipit.com, do you? I don't know why. I think they just buy up all these .com names, um, hoping that someone like me has come around and invented yeah. something with that name. Well, be patient. They finally come around, you know, because they, they, uh, when they realize that it's not worth a million dollars, they can't get rid of it, they come back down yeah. into the stratosphere. I ended up Hope. paying a couple hundred dollars, uh, was it? Yeah, for getting hosed.com because I had gettinghose.net, which is one of the titles of my gas station books, which is a great title. <laughs> and so I was willing to pay after like four years of waiting. I was willing to pay for, uh, $200. That, that was a reasonable price. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was a lot more than $200. Uh, sure. Because they started out at, at like 3000 and, you know, they just eventually they came down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So hopefully that will work out for me. Um, so I would uh, I would suggest if you are interested to sign up for the email list because we'll be launching in the fall. Um, and our first like batch is actually going to be half off. Um, so oh, if wow. it, so if it retails for a hundred fifty, it'll be seventy. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. How do we get on your mailing list? It it'll be on the website. So. Oh okay. Um, well, I'm going to be on there, that's for sure, because I love a bargain. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, I just wanted to get this into people's hands and get the ball rolling. So, so we you're very generous. To... Thank you. Well, no, I mean, uh, you know, taking a taking a chance on a new product, I think, is always uh, nerve wracking. Yep. So I'm my my one. I know this sounds kind of lame, but like my one goal in this was to invent a product like make one unit and sell one unit that wasn't to my mother like <laughs> someone <laughs> actually want, you know everything beyond that obviously right. i want a lot more than that but like the only way i'll feel successful in this is if like one person sure. buys it you know that i don't know <laughs> well i'm gonna buy it and you don't know me so there we go <laughs> success <laughs> i've done it well. um Thank you yeah, so much. Great. And to no, everybody, uh, a reminder, all our live shows become recorded podcasts and video casts on our membership website and on all those other sites I told you before, iHeart, Radio, iTunes, YouTube, etc. cetera. Um, and remember, we've got some free gifts on caregiverdave.com just for visiting our website. And so check it out. All we want is your email, not so that we can bug you, just so that we can know that you're there and uh, send you your stuff. So, um, Eliza, thank you so much for coming on the show. And until thank next you. time, we'll see you. Bye-bye. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again.